0: This podcast is part of the Midwest Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and how to support our network at midwestpodcastnetwork.com. You are now tuned into Westworld FM, a podcast about HBO's Westworld. My name is Alex. My name is Nick, and I'm John. Today we will be discussing season two, episode seven of the show titled "Le Ecorche." We will not be discussing the next time on preview at the end of the show, but we will be spoiling everything through season two, episode seven of the series. So please pause and go catch up if you're not current on the show. What was that name again? It's "Le Ecorche."
1: Oh, we'll talk about what that means in a second. Yes, what is that loosely translated?
0: uh the flayed oh interesting yeah it's dark it would be french and it would mean the flayed but uh you can find more episodes of our podcast at westworld.fm we're also on westworld.fm we are also westworld.fm on twitter and you can send feedback to westworld.fm at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on hbo's westworld send us corrections observations or anything regarding westworld or our podcast if you enjoy this show or any other show on the Midwest Podcast Network, please consider heading over to Patreon.com slash MidwestPodNet, that's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-P-O-D-N-E-T, and pledge as little as a dollar a month to make our network even better. Special thanks to Jason K., who's pledged at the level of $10 a month. Uh, speaking of the Midwest Podcast Network, on the Midwest Game Nerds, this past Sunday we discussed a game called Detroit Become Human. Did we not, John? We did. And uh there's a lot of Westworldly type stuff in there, very much so, and uh some of you might be playing it, so if you don't listen to the Midwest gamers podcast, please go check it out. You're and making a mistake. Let us know what you think about our coverage of Detroit. I was told it was a very good episode. that's good. So
2: I thought it was good, but I was in it we so. don't, yeah, we had a lot of discussion, which is awesome and it, and it was lengthy about the game in particular like yeah. we which was something I don't. I feel like we kind of cut ourselves short sometimes. So yeah. it was nice to actually have the time to talk it out. So for sure, I'm uh, excited
1: to listen to it as an avid regular listener of your, of your guys' other show, right other on? other other show. <laughs> other how many? Other
2: There's other? no spoilers, so you could listen <laughs> to yeah. it before playing the game if you
1: wanted That's true. to. Oh, true, I actually true. am resting my hands on the copy as we speak.
0: Yes, because mm-hmm. we are going to give it away, and you can enter yourself into that contest. I'm
1: modeling it. You can't see. Yeah. But
0: uh just go to the Midwest Game Nerds podcast Facebook page, like the page, and then share the post about Detroit.
1: That's so easy. And then you're entered. Just go do it.
0: United States only, please. We're not made of money. I can't ship it to Japan or anything. But we still love you. We do. So
1: All right. How how uh, how representative of Detroit is this game? Not very is, Detroit not a, a, is like the setting relevant at all? Fifteen percent.
0: Relevant maybe, but it's not Cause it's, it's, 'Cause it's in the future. Uh, are, yeah. there any, are there any other
1: any like landmarks or like anything? The Rensen's yeah. in there and oh. the Spirit
0: of Detroit's there. Heart, and the Heart
2: Plaza
1: ring. Does yeah. it does it feel accurate? Is it like to scale? They feel act, like they're accurate
0: representations of those things, but it's not an accurate representation of the city. So the Let's fist
2: see.
1: is there. Huh.
0: Woodward Avenue. Can you
1: walk around all these areas? Not really. It's not an open world no, by any not. means. Oh it's yeah. not? No. no. Oh. So anyway, Detroit go listen to more.
0: Again. <laughs> yeah. Go listen to more on the Midwest Game Nerds podcast. Uh, we are going to get some feedback that we had this week. We did get an email from Fred. He says, just hear me out in the subject so you know it's good. He says, after a rewatch, <laughs> I picked up on Dolores' wording in the opening of episode 6. Quote, he didn't question whether or not he had agency, whether or not he had the right to end me or himself, but whether he should. Fred says, I didn't catch the or himself initially, and now it has me going down a rabbit hole. Why would he question if he had the right to end Dolores and himself unless he'd come to the realization that he, too, was a host? Could both Bernard and Arnold before him have only ever existed as a host? Was Arnold Ford's original creation that he used as an assistant to help develop and test all of the other hosts? Then when Arnold realized that what he was, he used Dolores to commit suicide, not because he was afraid to, but because he wasn't programmed to do it himself. Because Ford needed him as an assistant or tool, he then created another version, Bernard, someone that he could completely trust and control. I'm starting to think that there's nothing there to being an Arnold consciousness out there somewhere because Arnold was never a human. Just another theory to throw on the pile. I'm ready to stop my speculation and accept whatever will happen in episode 7 through 10. I'm sure there are some major twists and turns yet to come. It'll be a fun ride. Uh, thank you, Fred. I think it's an interesting idea. But I think even episode seven mostly disproves that. Yeah. Unless Ford is lying to Bernard, which is possible. But I think, you know, to me, I think Arnold is a real person.
1: Yeah. It's always kind of felt that way, even just in the way Ford talks about him. He clearly holds him in like the highest regard, yeah. higher than he holds anything else or anyone else. And I think it's always very, so the real like fondness that he speaks um, for sure about him. Yeah. Something that he doesn't seem to quite—he look—he definitely looks at the hosts as, as a creator looks on their creations, not as like a, a, their sort of companion. Yes. Like a, yeah. You know, and Dolores brother. asked him,
0: "Are we friends?" And he's like, "I wouldn't say that," mm-hmm. you know, in the first season. Yeah. For a lot of reasons, but I think partly because of that. Because of Arnold yeah. creator creation, and yeah, the Arnold situation as well. So. <laughs> Any other thoughts, John?
2: No, I'm just trying to take that all in.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, we got another email from Sue. Sue wrote in. She said, hi, guys. I love how you find some humor in Westworld. You were cracking me up with the teddy butt count <laughs> and the multiple stubs thing. <laughs> also, as a math teacher, it was refreshing to hear one of you refer to the order of magnitude in the second or third podcast. It is isn't often people use math references when talking about a TV show. Referring to the show, don't hosts recognize other hosts? If so, if Emily was a host, why would she have to test that guy to check him out? Thinking she's not a host, thanks again for an entertaining podcast. Sue.
2: I didn't think about that.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty good point. And um, my only like headcanon that I could come up against, that would maybe be the idea that Emily might be programmed to not know she's a host and therefore doesn't pay attention to things like the mesh network
1: that's what I was thinking
0: like that kind of situation or um, yeah like I I think I think that would that's kind of my main thing there but there's nothing that tells us that that's true necessarily so but there's a way that they kept Bernard from knowing he was a host and I think that would be a self-actualization that would be difficult to manage with a bunch of hosts out there. Right. You know, it would would be that first step towards the
1: maze. You know,
0: I am a thing that's not a human and I have these other powers.
1: Considering who she is or that if, if she was a host, who she's in the likeness of, because she's so unique uh, and important, I could see Ford spending more time on her to make sure that, you know, like like putting
0: extra protections and
1: exactly. Yeah. But like the man in black who continually thinks everything's about him and everything's about everything is meddling. ford meddling for messing with maybe it really is just at face value yeah
0: what, what it, it looks like yeah uh sue also wrote in with a ps she said this is a ps to my earlier email now i get the math reference i'm watching preacher and listening to your season one podcast and discovered we have a chemical engineer in our midst loving preacher by the way
1: sue <laughs> thank you sue Yes, you will not hear any math references from me, as I hate (laughs) math and suck at it. Well, she
0: said episode two or three, and it would have been John and I, and I don't remember talking about order of magnitudes, but I may have. It's something you probably would have brought up,
2: not it's me. It's something that probably. you'll slip into conversation I'm without major. realizing I'm, it. I'm an art major. <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, an art major. Yeah. I'm
0: the most useless of majors next to, like, that's, poli-sci. That's unfair to art majors, Poly- <laughs> including yourself.
1: <laughs> Just saying. Hey, don't forget, you're sitting next to a film major, too. Equally, <laughs> you know, not important in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. Yeah. <laughs> i'm one of the lucky few who actually is doing something that i uh went to school for we hear at the the
0: the midwest podcast network loves all film and art majors so please don't write in with any of your
1: complaints against the views of oh Nathan no let's of other let's genre. let's
2: commiserate together <laughs> send them in usually
1: people him. in those schools are the first ones to make jokes about it. yeah <laughs> that's true that's true
0: all right uh the only other thing that i had for feedback we had sir apricot leave us a review on itunes with the title Unhurried and Unpretentious. This is one of three Westworld pods that I listen to, and I like how relatable Nick, Nick and Alex seem to be. This podcast is refreshing in that it has the casual atmosphere of two dudes chatting about their favorite show, so you'll get occasional jokes along with their insight. These guys are funny and charming. Thank you, Sir Apricot. So nice. Thank you, Very even though very you didn't nice. reference me at all. But I've played a very minimal role in this show. Well, maybe, they're, maybe, they're, maybe they, whoever uh, yeah. they he are
2: maybe whoever He could be catching, catching up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But either way. Thanks anyways. There's, a, there's a lot of John to go around on the Game Nerds. Oh, yeah. Even very he true. He quickly gets overtaken by Alex and Brian trying to talk some. over each other. Yes. Uh, That's a right. lovely review. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you very Tell much. Tell your friends. Please anybody else go leave us more tell the rest of the apricot clan yeah (laughs) to listen there's a show for everyone miss
0: Miss apricot and child apricot duke and duchess (laughs) apricot uh so lay a uh as i said roughly translates from french into english as the flayed but the
1: term alone the term (laughs) you're what the french call Les incompetents. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but les écorché. So écorché in English means an anatomical model or part... No, excuse me. An anatomical model of part or all of the human body with the skin removed to allow study of the underlying musculature. Oh. So it's the Vitruvian man hosts yes. that we're seeing without the skin on them and, and stuff like that. So... Uh, Interesting, I don't necessarily know what it means here, other than like potentially like we do see some torture on Bernard in this episode, which yeah is that's that's what that's like the flaying. first thing that came
2: to mind for me was just them kind of picking him apart mm-hmm yeah that's true from the inside out sort of you know
0: it was it was it's certainly bernard on display this episode with them trying to pull things out of his brain yeah. essentially so it gets bookended with that
1: we do get that shot at, towards the end of the episode too when he's going through his memories we see when dolores was only like a head yeah and like feet or something well or yeah and she's movie. got
0: the like metal framework Can we see her like her, her innards yeah that was cool yeah absolutely Uh, and then I did want to touch on the previously on, which is once again, maybe only one line spoken by Anthony Hopkins himself and, uh, and a bunch of rhythmic editing and interesting sounds. I like these so much better. They're so good. It's, it's so much more, I don't know. Cinematic. Yeah. And it just, it sets the right tone for what's about to follow more so than the, the exposition dump, uh, versions of the previously on so that was cool but all right let's get into the recap in a cold open in the two weeks later time frame as bernard and Stubbs try to make a break for the satellite phone in teresa's office they're caught by strand and paraded at gunpoint to the secret lab below ford's childhood cottage as strand and hale interrogate them in an attempt to find abernathy's control unit a tech finds a hidden door in the lab that leads to a closet full of bernard bodies um Yeah, so what did you guys think of the Bernard bodies?
1: Actually, I don't remember how Bernard and Stubbs got there. So they uh, Where are they coming from? They
0: Bernard and Stubbs Stubbs walks up to Bernard, says, "Hey, there's a sat phone in Teresa's office. Let's get the hell out of here. Strand's doing something
1: weird. He right. doesn't care about us." Okay, they were just talking. Okay. They
0: That's were talking right. and then Strand walks up and is like, "Hey, follow me. I have a gun." And uh Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Basically, they found Teresa's blood in that right lower yeah. lab. And they were like, we think one of you killed her to sell the key to the highest bidder. Sell the data to the highest bidder. Right, because they knew she was pulling data from the park. Yep. Yep.
1: I didn't really like this scene that much because it felt, it didn't feel like Westworld. It felt like a Bourne movie or something. mm it might be because of Luke Hemsworth's passing resemblance to me. He looks to me more like Matt Damon than a Hemsworth, which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it just something about about all that, I was just kind of like, and Strand is like one of you, and I'm like, well, oh, that's it. Just is all like a very convenient, you know. That yeah. stuff's yeah. is like he's up to something. He's standing right behind me, isn't he? It was basically what happened. Well, and that's the thing. Like, it's still, I get so much that people were like, they're playing
0: Bernard to try and jog his memory because if everything with strand and hail in these like bookends that we're getting feels like theater it feels like they're putting on a performance yes and it doesn't quite they don't feel like they're part of Westworld. they feel like they're another tv show which is really strange to me yeah but i don't know and like what did what did you think of the reveal of the multiple bernard, multiple bernard bodies though like that alone
1: it was it was uh it was cool, but it didn't feel it wasn't shocking. Like I as a viewer was not like, Oh my god. Yeah. There was more than one Bernard shell because it makes sense that
0: And literally nobody
1: there feels like they are shocked.
2: Right either. Yeah, but the question is like why are there so many Bernard shells, I think. And like if we call back to like season one when uh Ford was in that bunker and he was printing bodies, was he printing
0: Bernards at that point? Like and why was he printing
1: Bernard he had like Bernard's like schematics,
0: yeah, he did have the Bernard schematics for sure, yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like that that phrase that phrase yeah. uh, but the blueprints for Bernard, <laughs> yeah, notably that that host printer is empty now, by the way, it was not it did not have a host in it this season, yeah uh,
1: so I guess that's a good point, John, and I'm a dummy for not even thinking about like that because as far as we know there aren't multiple copies of any other hosts out there so well, why some why a secret army of bernards so right.
0: my impression of it was like i think we learn at some point towards the end of the season in season one that bernard has come close to figuring out that he's a host several times previously okay and so those are all decommissioned they're either like maybe they're decommissioned Bernards, maybe they're Bernards that got damaged somehow. Yeah. Maybe Ford takes out his anger on Bernard when he's pissed. I don't know. But it, it didn't it didn't feel like that much of a mystery to me, but I don't really know if the I'm not saying that there couldn't be more to it, I
1: guess. Yeah. That's a good point. But so wouldn't you think that if he started to get close ford could just roll him back a little bit and not have to swap that's the, that's
0: that's kind of the one thing that kind of sets me back and thinks it's like just like damaged bernards which is my album yes uh for
1: some sounds like band. a band uh the damaged bernards <laughs> bernard schematic by the damaged bernards <laughs> uh, Dad. yes
0: um it's not like there's i I wouldn't think there's anything in the host body that wouldn't allow them to just pull put put a new control unit in, so mm-hmm. maybe maybe that was him trying to perfect the Bernard body, Maybe because we s- uh no well, I was don't there know. like a frumpy Bernard, and like one maybe. of was just ripped,
2: yeah, <laughs> just a ripped Jeffrey Wright, he's just a tank. <laughs>
1: And schlubby Bernard, yeah, like, like a fat, really overweight Bernard, yeah, yeah. his
0: his dress shirts hanging out of his his pants. Yeah. Oh
1: man, that would be awesome! Just all these failed Bernards. <sighs>
0: I mean, that could be it. But the, I mean, we see Ford in this episode workshopping the consciousness of Bernard and Arnold, or or the 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 personality or the programming of it. But I'm wondering if there was any of it that was him trying to like. Like he printed out the body and was like, no, he's got higher cheekbones than that. And then like, oh, well, no, it's, it, you, you know, his eyebrows not twitch in the right way or like, I don't know.
1: Like it could just be. That would have been hysterical if it was a room full of like Jeffrey Wright lookalikes all in the same wardrobe, <laughs> like <laughs> clearly different actors, but like. One of them's got, like, bug eyes. Just close enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> One without facial hair. And or just, like, they had a casting call. Guys who look like Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> it's any
0: stunt double that's yeah. worked on a Jeffrey Wright movie before. Just not quite, right <laughs>
1: not quite right yet. Not quite right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. With a W. Yeah. Yes. I like that. Beautiful.
0: That's that's
1: the second album yes, by the... not quite right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next scene... Wait, wait. wait. Last thing. Okay. Uh, could it be so he, that he uh, had them so that Bernard could be in multiple places at once? Or could there only be one Bernard consciousness out there at a time? Otherwise, it would get even more confused considering he's got a layer of fake memories, a layer of real memories. I mean, if
2: he's not accessing the mesh network, I don't think it would be a problem. But that doesn't really explain why they're all in that bunker bagged up as if they're like in storage. I guess that's true. Like, wouldn't they still be out and about? doing stuff
1: well Ford could have recalled them at some point before his death like right. he might have because I was thinking about when, when Bernard like bring me my when he adults. when he uh, captures and uh, when he knocks Elsie out and then takes her to that cave and everything like when is he doing all this stuff and why does nobody else you know wonder where he is you know nobody what I else mean? Knows no. right. so I yeah. wondered if there were other Bernard if he could like send out Bernard number five to like go do that and then I don't know potentially yeah, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see if we get more. But room, room of Bernards.
0: Yes. Or What if they all get turned on at the same time now? Like That'd be good. They're all waiting in the Valley yeah, Beyond to ambush the up. rest of the team.
1: Oh, my God. If we get a scene of like multiple Jeffrey Wrights running around. <laughs> it's like the burly Brawl
0: from <laughs> The Matrix Reloaded. With
1: yeah, or the end of Star <laughs> Trek Beyond where there's like eight Chris Pines on motorcycles, <laughs> which is great. <sighs> all right.
0: Uh... Second scene, which is after the opening, Hale tortures Bernard, attempting to make him remember who led the attack on the mesa and what Dolores did with her father's control unit. Um, not a whole lot here, other than the fact that they can like simulate, yeah, certain, torture for the sensations. Yeah, so they they had a, a somebody screen it on Reddit, of course, and the list of simulations are crushing, denailing, ooh, which. I looked at it and I was like, "What is what is denying?" <laughs> <laughs> like no, uh, dental torture, disembowelment dismemberment what do they do they just clean his teeth for dental torture because that's <laughs> that's just masochistic and it's in and, and of itself constantly prodding yeah. his gums with the dental
1: tool <laughs> or polishing yeah you're like enough mint that's enough they, they make you sit with the fluoride treatment <laughs> for, for like, like the rest of the for day like an hour <laughs> or you're
0: just sitting in the waiting room where it's got that yeah, smell but it's got a highlights magazine i was just gonna say one copy
1: of highlights just one (laughs) (laughs) and the
2: puzzles are finished so you can have zero fun with that. And an old
1: reader's digest (laughs) the only the only fun you get out of is reading the goofus and gallant (sighs) comic that's beautiful oh man you beat me to the highlights joke
0: (laughs) 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 uh what else we got electrical injury foot whipping which i don't know what that is i assume it's like misery hobbling maybe
1: the or like maybe they whip the soles of your feet is they're really sensitive oh yeah
0: maybe force feeding That's that sounds fun <laughs> john's all about it i'll have that uh <laughs> knee well, capping. What, what, are,
1: what are we what are we talking here what are you force feeding yeah, cake are we talking cake <laughs> or pies do- donuts <laughs> just
2: not pancakes please
1: uh what would be the one food that if it was being forced fed what would be the torture pancakes man
2: for sure cuz you could only you could only anybody anybody eating pancakes you can get 3 in before you're done <laughs> that's it and you would throw <laughs> up after that pancakes i'm serious i can eat
0: a whole loaf of
2: french toast but you give me more than 3 pancakes and i swear to god i'll puke
0: mine would be mine would be um uh overcooked asparagus Really mushy asparagus just makes me want to puke immediately like I can look at it and puke probably. Wow. Oh, so if you were to force feed it to me, it would just not be good. Interesting. What about you? Sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Can't do okay. it. Okay. All right. I can do some sauerkraut.
1: <sighs> I can't handle the aftermath. You know, it's the smell. If I can't smell it, I might be able to handle it. But just like
0: mm. oh, he, used, he used to throw up eating ground beef, man. Straight up. It was. I don't know. I'm not, we're not <laughs> getting, I'm not going to get into this right now. <laughs> I can tell All you right. some stories, bro. This is nice about uh, having the brothers on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so knee camping, medical torture, pharmacological torture, like, like bioterrorism type shit, I oh. guess. Psychological torture, scalping, solitary
1: confinement, standing cell, which I don't. Oh, it's a, uh, a cell that's too small to sit or like crouch. Ah, you have to stand. Okay. Yeah. All right. That and sounds then
0: awful. Waterboarding is the last one which was selected. Of are these course. alphabetical? Uh, yes, they are organized alphabetically yeah, on the be. tablet. At least that's efficient.
1: Yeah. So uh, <laughs> thanks. to we'll find the standing cell. Thanks
0: screen. to Reddit user Lee underscore Ars a r s for that screen grab that's on there. But yeah, no, that's awesome and horrifying at the same time. Like many things in Westworld are.
1: It's sad that that even exists. That, like, that was already, like, a menu and a function that they were, like, oh, we just got to right, let me plug in. Yeah. We'll.
0: I wonder why it exists.
1: Yeah. Seriously. Like, why did they even program it? Why would you ever need to torture the information out of a host? Mm-hmm. Well,
2: if you're transferring consciousnesses of, like, human people to host bodies at some point and you need to get information from them, like, why not? Yes. Yeah. Maybe this yeah. is a
1: Delos thing and not a Ford thing. That's yeah. what I
2: would assume. I don't think Ford would put that in there. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. So... Now we go back to the one week after Ford's death time frame. Shortly after the train impacted the Mesa, Coughlin sends a second set of response teams to check up on the first team, who they lost contact with. The team utilizes haptic vests that are tuned to the host's mesh network so they can tell where the hosts are from up to 30 feet away. Some Destiny radar shit right there. Yeah. Uh, They find the initial response team laying naked in a heap and get flanked by the now armed band of hosts with Dolores. Stubbs realizes that the host may be targeting the cradle and informs Coughlin to intercept them. And meanwhile, Hale will not flee until she has a copy of Abernathy's Key and she won't let Stubbs know what's stored in his brain. Those vests are awesome.
1: Yeah, they're very cool. That was a cool like, visual touch and it was a cool like, uh, thematic touch and just an interesting technology. Again,
2: very video game. Like, yeah, very video game. Absolutely. Especially in the way it was presented to them, and they showed it on, like, the computer screen, and then it shows them actually wearing it, and the lights lighting up on it, and everything was, like... It just reminded me of the radar in Destiny, or, or any game, really, but specifically Destiny, because the Destiny radar is circular, and uh, it has multiple red ring light things that show yeah. up to show you proximity. So It
0: makes me want to try, like, a VR game with that on, like a VR oh, yeah. shooter, just to understand how effective it would really be because as i was watching it i was like i don't know how much that would work but then i was like if my torso was vibrating in the direction that i need to face to shoot something like training with that i feel like i would f- i would it would well, it would be it a really advantageous tool It may not even
2: be a vibration it could just be a poke of some sort like a prod to
1: like point you in that particular yeah that's direction. True. like that's true
0: but it was pretty sweet it was very cool i
1: like learning about the like counter Host tactics that are that are being employed yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, that, that that was. It's an interesting, the contingency plans that they have in place, albeit futile, are interesting to learn about for sure. Feel free to cut this out, but is it
2: just me or does Teddy kind of look like a drag queen? <laughs> no, not no? really.
0: No, in the in the black, uh, like
2: his for some reason his cheekbones were like so so much more prominent to me. Like he just looked like a drag queen who overdoes their makeup specifically to, like, have that look. Do you know what I'm talking about, or am I an idiot? Like, you can call me an idiot if you're an I idiot. mean, I don't
0: necessarily think you're an idiot. I do want to state that the views of John Morrell do not necessarily reflect the views of the Midwest Podcast Network. But I will say, like, I it felt like they were making him feel more menacing or gaunt in, in a way to kind of,
1: like... They do this a lot in this show where they really change characters' appearances based on kind of what's happening. Yeah. Because... Like later in this episode, we see William and he looks like he is a billion years old. Yeah, he <laughs> did look
2: super old.
1: Yes. And I was like, he doesn't look like that. No, I'm like they're very good at using makeup and lighting to really influence uh, the the feel of a scene yeah. and the mood. I mean, it, they definitely go hard on uh, on the lighting for James Marsden to bring out those cheekbones. But for
2: the record, I think drag queen is the most PC term I could have used in this particular instance. So I'm going to stick
0: with that. That's that's fine. I And I don't we don't we're not. Uh, dismissive or, or diminutive towards people who choose to cross dress? Correct. So I just want that out there. But anyway. um, Yeah, no, I didn't notice that. But I, I mean, I didn't, like I didn't, his, I didn't consciously notice it, but I, I did. His like appearance does.
2: really stuck out to me, and specifically his cheekbones. Like, that, like, just
1: very, he's they just were a, so prominent. He's just a like, very beautiful man. He is. It I was think just, that's
0: the art major in you,
2: noticing it. could the, be. It's like, I am sexual. obsessed with anatomy. So, yeah.
1: There you go.
0: Fabulous is the term you're looking for. <laughs> oh, he looked fantastic. Very fabulous. Uh, all right. I realized this episode was really hard to break down because they were literally changing scenes every yeah, couple very minutes. Very quick. So, pardon me if I miss something or, or you know, if you think I missed something. Feel this could have been in. one where we arrange it by characters better. I probably should but. have done that. But, uh, all right. In the next scene, in The Cradle, Bernard confirms that the red pearl he printed for Ford was a copy of Ford's consciousness that was uploaded to The Cradle before Dolores killed Ford. Ford also explains the premise of the park. The hosts are controls, and they remain constant over the years, but the guests are there to be decoded so they can eventually become host versions of themselves. Finally, Bernard tries to get Ford to tell him the ending of his story, but Ford wants him to discover what the Valley Beyond is himself. It feels so good to have Anthony Hopkins yes. back on the show
1: a thousand times. Yes,
0: and 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 it feels good. Like Bernard, Bernard gets a little bit of the well, a lot of the audience cipher in this scene. But the idea that he gets kind of pissed at Ford for cheating death, and Ford is kind of like, "Well, I can't really do that, but I'm here right now to accomplish things." Like it, it felt like. Um, I am happy that the show was able to logically resurrect Ford rather than make it feel like just a cheap we need to get Anthony Hopkins Surprise back in I'm the back. Show. Yeah. Yeah.
2: This is where he explains like how they made Bernard, right? Not yet.
0: That's coming up. They it's were like, in the cradle. that's in like two scenes or something, something like, like yeah, that. Okay, yeah.
1: but we'll we'll get there. So this scene didn't end with them going outside and walking through the street. No, they did walk through the street. Okay, yeah. that and, was and when they were learning. They they did
0: it mirrors a scene earlier in the series or earlier in the season when William is explaining his yes, idea to James to Dallas, Delos. Yeah, yeah. so that's that was kind of cool. They right froze on. this yeah. in the street and and kind of explaining everything.
1: I really but. like how he lets he doesn't tell Bernard. He lets him reason it out, yeah. you know, figuring out that they were decoding guests, as he puts mm-hmm. it, not coding hosts.
0: I will say the "decode the guests" line felt really funny coming out of out of Jeffrey Wright. Oh, I, really? Yeah, like for me, it, like the, his performance in the scene as he's stumbling upon these things didn't quite feel as natural to me as a lot of the other Bernard dialogue does so it, it kind of it pulled me out of it for a second but I was eating it all up at the same time so it didn't really matter that much but
1: I think it's really cool because it feels like Bernard taking on his own life for the for the very first not not the first but these few moments where he is able to actually express himself as himself you know what i mean like i see what you're saying and there, there's a lot of like
0: the he, delivery was he, just he, a he
1: almost like mashes his way through some of these words mm-hmm. and like he's so angry and so like just feeling so much that he has a hard time like to me it felt like an intentional choice while i was watching it but i only watched it once so i don't know but it really felt like i don't know and maybe part of it is because he's playing opposite hopkins in every scene it just makes everything it does better. circles around everything yeah, really yeah. but no, that I mean that makes more sense. I guess I didn't really think about because for the rest of the episode, we know that he's once again like under the influence, so to speak. Yeah. So he's he falls back into Bernard Arnold line, but now this is like he's really like finding his own voice when he
0: when he's in the cradle and he's literally like questioning his creator as to what's going on here, and he's learning of like the Delos secret project. Yeah. In the first, like the probably for the first time, uh. It just seems like I guess it it does make sense that he would have a little bit more of like a I wasn't putting myself in Bernard's shoes. I guess I wasn't thinking about the fact that he was like not only shocked that Ford is alive still in some way, but also that there's all this crazy shit going on that he had no idea about.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he. It is truly, like, question the nature of your reality. It's not just you. Like, at first, he has to deal with the fact that, okay, I'm not who I thought I was. I'm not what I thought I was. But now, everything I've been doing isn't even true. Like, my entire... His everything is, is a lie. Like, yeah. his entire existence, every down to every detail, is, like, a falsehood. Which is insane. I can't even grapple yeah. what that would feel like.
0: Yeah. Like, it's it's literally it's him actually reacting to like the twist of the show. Yeah. In which in a lot of ways is an audience surrogate. Like imagine yeah,
1: that you're like kind of in charge, you're like you're like the lead but you're like the lead of nothing. Like you what everything you were doing is like is sort of pointless or it's yeah. not why you were doing it and somebody had just had hoodwinked you basically to do to do what they want you to do.
0: I think that's what I liked the most about this scene is because even though we knew of these ideas of transcendence and whatnot that we're kind of being played at ford ford and bernard kind of confirm for us that we have really only seen the tip of the iceberg yep in as figurative of a way as it can possibly mean like there's so much more going on here that we have no idea about and it's cool to have Bernard kind of be along the ride with us for once, instead of him being the dude who knows everything.
1: I mean, I thought he got like the rawest deal in season one, but it just, it just is exponentially worse (laughs) in this, in this episode alone. He just has to find out that he will never have a grasp on what's going on. Like you are just caught up in the current and there's nothing you can do except go with it or just submit for sure. And it's, uh, and he doesn't even get to do either of those things. He's like, made that's what's so funny is Ford's like it's your story you get to choose (laughs) (laughs) just kidding now i'm you yeah a couple times yeah exactly it's uh it's sweet this is by far my favorite scene of the entire season i just Mm -hmm. couldn't i can't not smile when hopkins is on screen it and uh i mean i've always loved anthony hopkins he's been around forever Mm -hmm. i feel like he's been he's a staple of like pop culture since i was a kid like since sounds of the lambs pretty much everyone knows who anthony hopkins is but Man, the guy is just so good.
0: I will say the the titles did have the With Ed Harris and Anthony Hopkins. Oh really? Yeah. I, well, I hope I he's see in, that. I hope he's in every episode he, the rest he of the He might be here for the rest of the season God. or at least, you know, I hope he's another episode three. or two. I hope he's
1: like back to a regular cuz he's just so good. <laughs> That'd be amazing. While it would be nice if he was like here and then gone again and like we got a little bit of like a reprise sort of I would just love it if he's back in cuz he he Ford is just so good.
0: I was so confident that he would be dead with the cradle. Because we knew that the cradle was going to get burned to the ground. I was so confident that when the cradle was gone, he'd be gone. But he's not. And that's even more crazy. Like, we literally don't know if Ford is still in there when Hale is talking to Bernard two weeks later. Right. So.
1: Yeah, man. Where is he?
0: Uh, the- the- Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. I just trampled over your joke that you were going to make it's all good uh the on the westworld subreddit uh user aaron dash dash pointed out that there are wanted posters list uh, on the on the scene or on the set behind them in the in the city and they're of brian burke and eric oskuski who are executive producer and assistant art director that's cool yeah so it's kind of fun I like stuff like that. It's not even just their picture. It is. It says Brian Burke. Oh, their names are on there. Yeah, that's right. Nice. That's fun. All right. Uh, It's it's gonna know
1: somebody's somebody is like smiling while they're making this show. It's not just a bunch of like (laughs) completely like unemotional, overly scientific, clinical people just writing, (laughs) coding the show together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not, Not smiling or making jokes or enjoying it.
0: Yeah.
2: I didn't think about this scene the way you guys are thinking about it. I was just. I mean, I just the idea of him discovering all of these things like hadn't even really dawned on me but hearing you guys talk it out like that it was
0: well and I think it's such an exposition heavy scene that it's hard not to just be there to try and learn what he's yeah. learning and to try and pull back a little bit so right. like it, it I totally get it like I didn't think about how Bernard was feeling about it at all but um, there's a lot there yeah so for sure
1: there's so much there it's such a gr- such a cool scene every little thing
0: for sure for sure great dialogue I could play it like it I, I don't know you guys might not know but I've been editing in clips of yep. the audio into the shows mm-hmm. and I, <laughs> I feel like I could just list all of Anthony Hopkins like I could cut 30 minutes of this episode into our episode but clearly I'm not going
1: to do that the so. line to end all lines was the I don't think God rested on the seventh day yes I,
3: think. I don't think God rested on the seventh day but not I think he reveled in his creation
1: and that someday it would, will be destroyed that's it i mean jesus that's so good
0: shit's incredible man all right next up old william and maeve converge upon a ghost town after being ch- uh, chased by ghost nation maeve tries to finish off william by reprogramming lawrence's cousins and almost succeeds until lawrence himself gets the jump on her because Lawrence is awake, she can't reprogram him, but she convinces him to look into his past to see the horror that William has perpetrated upon him. Lawrence shoots uh, Lawrence shoots the man in black, or William, close to center mass, but gets mowed down himself by a QA team that Sizemore summoned. Maeve sees her daughter abducted by Ghost Nation and almost gets shot, but Sizemore stops the QA team from finishing her off.
1: She does get shot
2: uh she does get shot yeah but yeah. they don't they were going to shoot her in the head and then yeah, Sizemore yeah. Okay. told them not to i thought to. you meant she
1: almost i was like she no. got and I think she
2: he, got pretty lit up he said something along the lines of she's useful to us
0: or something like that we yeah. need her yeah. yeah yeah which i don't necessarily know why other than i i think Sizemore is like just more sympathetic to Maeve than he thought he would be in the situation yeah uh so John is the, is William a, a a host? I think so. <laughs> does he have I really arms? do.
2: And one of the things that that dawned on me uh, the other day was, um, Ghost Nation just leaves him be. Too, they're not trying to pull him out or whatever. Like they've gathered up other humans and things and tried to collect them or whatever.
0: They leave him be. Well, they ser- they were chasing after him and Lawrence. Ghost you know? Nation was. Yeah, that's why they ended up at this town. Like. Yeah. The, in the la in the previous episode we do end up with uh after he's abandoned emily they're kind of riding along and then they get like chased by ghost nation people leading them into this episode essentially yeah
2: but that's i i mean they don't try to collect him specifically though it is one of the things i feel like i mean they're not they have yet to pull him aside and be like come with us or anything yeah. like that yeah, you know that's true um but yeah, he he uh he gets shot what? Like five
0: or six times almost. Like uh twice one in once in each arm, once in, in each in the arm. leg and then in the like gut essentially or stomach. Yeah. You know,
1: I'm going to say because when they shot him in the arm it didn't go <laughs> poing and like reveal <laughs> some me- a metal glint that he probably has. <laughs> Fleshy arms. But I want to edit that in now. Just like a yeah, bullet could- deflecting sound. <laughs> I uh <laughs> You edited it in and then posted on the Westworld. Did anybody else notice his audio? Catch this you catch the the <laughs> bullet holes adjacent to him each time he got hit in the arm. <laughs>
2: he clearly has metal arms.
1: It's just like the worst, like old fifties movie gunshot.
2: <laughs> well, even like just uh, throwing a
1: Wilhelm scream.
2: Beautiful. I I do. I think he's a host. Do you actually think he's a host? Yes. Oh, okay. I don't think he's a host. I don't think so. I if don't, if I not don't, if not again, if not a full host, like some form of hybrid where he has <laughs> bionic arms. Like I
1: really think So a minimum bionic arms.
2: Yeah, minimum bionic arms, uh maximum full host. But I think he <laughs> The first two singles off of the new album by the damaged <laughs> Bernards. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think he's he's not just human anymore, at least. Because again, he looks a million years old, too, like they could just be like you know tuning him up every once in a while to like keep him going I don't, I don't oiling know, his joints yeah
0: that's why he couldn't sit down it's right Because he needed oil on his yeah. knees
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah, in black <laughs> I thought he was a goner yeah I, me too during the oh, scene yeah. i was like they're gonna kill the best character on the show and it's gonna be so nasty but, i thought but then about in the it. same moment i was like does anything really end in this show i don't know anymore
0: i was i was horrified i was like oh my god like he he's gonna die right now and what did it all mean
1: and i, I you know what and that would have been i'm really glad it didn't happen but that would have been like pretty awesome in a way to just be like you know what sometimes you don't make it to the end you don't get to do what you wanted to do or like it you know not it would be definitely a real shitty thing for the audience for the viewers but like for william it's kind of the ultimate like punishment it's like you don't get to you don't get your blaze of glory like his daughter described you don't get to like reach the end of the of the road to el dorado or whatever you're looking for like you you don't get it sorry you just die here in the dirt in a small little town like, you, a, like a chump,
0: you got to you got to have Mave reprogramming the hosts like fucking dudes with shotguns and Uncharted games coming up from behind you, like mm-hmm. without you ever even knowing. Oh God,
1: that just made me so mad when he said that. <laughs> I hate the first Uncharted so much. I felt William's pain in that moment. Was going to do it myself. And he just gets up and I'm like, you idiot, you're not gonna, you can't do this. That's why I quit that game. <laughs> <laughs> he,
0: well, he cries out at one point. He says, "You made your point, it. We both know this isn't where you want me to die." And so, like, I don't know, like that to me is is making me wonder if like like Ford was watching this, is he totally unaware of Mave like do you think he was that's what I'm wondering is is well, form- I, by watching this, I mean Ford was aware of the situation up to a certain point like if we if we take it as Ford spoke through Young Ford and Lawrence's daughter and even maybe El Lazo at that one point. Uh Giancarlo Esposito El Lazo, I yeah. mean. Um he must know that Maeve is in the park doing stuff. It's true. So I'm wondering like if this situation I don't know. I guess Lawrence was there to stop it from happening, but Maeve still was able to be like, "Hey, Shoot this dude! He's done horrible things to you.
1: I wonder how omniscient Ford is. Like, yeah. will does he know what's going on everywhere at all times? Is he effectively like, you know what I mean? Like, is he the He's system in the computer? <laughs> <laughs> Just cut in that Zoolander scene? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> got to kill Ford. It's the only way. <laughs> Does he know, you know, always what's going on? Is he like a spider chilling in his web and he gets notified when there's some, when, you know, like someone says his name or like, is he only, can he only direct his attention in one place or can he even monitor what's going on? Yeah. Does he need, would he need to like, I don't know. I, I don't know how it works. I'm glad we don't know because it's more fun to talk about that way. Yeah. But but
0: it is a question. It is a
1: question I have. Yeah, it's which is really fun because it's essentially like the same question everybody asks about God at some point in their lives. Like, does he know everything that's going on? Or life?
0: Santa Claus?
1: That's true. If does you want to really cheapen see, it, does he see me now? Ford does not a Santa Claus allegory, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> he
0: did give us a shot of Anthony Hopkins holding a P ninety with muzzle flashes lighting the scene. That's so freaking- that's. He f- it feels like he's Santa Claus I, right now. I would now. like a gif of that. Oh, there's already one on Reddit. So yeah, okay. it was the first thing somebody asked for. And when somebody
1: it. can take that and put it into the angels with filthier souls from Home Alone scene. <laughs> <laughs> every every 90s movie we reference in an, an episode, I want to reference at least twice. I feel like that's the record <laughs> we have going. That's so good. we gotta that's keep good. it going. Yeah, uh, no, that was awesome.
0: Any other thoughts on the man in black and where he's at? Clearly, Grace is probably going to save him, right? She was probably hot on his trail. She's going to so? make.
1: I think. I think Grace is going to make it to him. I mean, there's still a chance that in the next episode, she rolls up and he's dead, and he just <laughs> bled out. And I'll be like, "Oh, that's even worse. We didn't <laughs> even get to see his his last words. He just died off camera like a like a chump." I don't know. Unless he knows where more cheat codes are, he's fine. He'll be fine. What right. if his
0: last words are, "And we'll drink to the lady in the white shoes," and then we learn that. William is actually Old Bill. <laughs> old Bill. <laughs> you know
1: what? Uh, I don't like it because it's got to be Michael Wincott. <laughs> it's Wincott or bust. Fair enough. Why haven't they brought him back? Hello, oh, yeah. dude! If we had seen like a like a functional and like virile uh, Will um, Wincott walking through the street in the cradle, <laughs> would have lost no, my mind. Even in the cradle, he still looks clearly like a robot. He <laughs> <laughs> just can't look better. If that had happened, I would have just like. Karate kicked through my TV like like Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec because I would have been so ex- so pumped.
0: Oh, I don't know if anybody listening to the show even knows who Old Bill is anymore. <laughs> That's
1: true. Yeah. Go back and watch episode. are literally the only two one. people. Yeah,
0: he's in season one a couple times. He's our he's our picture on the Facebook
1: group. Is at he still? Bill. He's no. still he's still there. And people are like, "What shows this from?" He's <laughs> from <laughs> <In> Deadwood. <laughs> <laughs> this from Gunsmoke? What's this doing? here? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: sighs> All right, Uh, next up, copying Abernathy's data is taking too long, so Hale decides to rip his control unit out instead. Back in the cradle, Ford uh, Ford takes Bernard to a copy of Arnold's real-world house. We learn that Ford used the cradle with Dolores to workshop Bernard until he was ready, since Dolores' memory is perfect. They were in the cradle for years together until Bernard was able to fool Dolores. Ford ultimately rem- removes Bernard's free will by inserting himself into Bernard's pearl, and the pearl gets replaced into Bernard's body. And after Bernard returns to the real world, Elsie knows that the cradle is no longer clogged up anymore, and it's back online. All right, there's a lot there. Yep. Um, Nick, you were right. You were right last week. I was wrong about what. This is not. This was not Ford. Pulling more Arnold together to put into Bernard. It was oh. Ford actually when he was making Arnold, were the cradle scenes that we have been seeing throughout this season. So
1: I don't remember taking that stance, but I'm glad to hear it. Well, was you right.
0: didn't because I convinced you out of it very early on. Oh, okay. you were you, you, you ended up being correct. It was kind of a mix of what all three of us had kind of talked about. So cool, it worked out. Okay. I was
1: also. Absolutely wrong about the timeline theory that I had, so I broke even because I thought maybe the l c Bernard stuff was happening post oh after post the, two weeks later, yeah, yeah, but when as soon as the the walkie came alive and was like, "Oh, under attack and she's like, "Oh no, and he looks at Bernard, I was like, "Oh no, yeah, kind of I mean that's fine I don't it
0: doesn't mean that there still isn't some time time timeline no, wonkiness with bernard at some point that's the fourth that one line on is still album. just hanging what, what is the full title timeline wonkiness timeline is,
1: wonkiness yeah. oh i like that uh it sounds yeah. lighthearted.
0: that line still sticks out like the, i think there might be a reveal that yeah. plays towards that
1: something i i feel like if there's not i'm gonna look back on that as either i'm focusing too much on it the line in question, if anyone is confused by this point, is when he says, "I'm not here. I'm not really here with you, am I?" or something like that.
0: Yeah, when Elsie is opening up the door the, the, to James Delos. The Delos
1: Chamber. Yes. Um, Delos Chamber. That's the third day. album. That <laughs> yeah, sounds like a song. It could be an album, I guess. I don't know. No, anyway, it's
2: a, it's a prog rock band. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, and it, it, <laughs> yeah, it's an album, and each track gets like slightly better. <laughs> like they're all really short, <laughs> and by the last one, it's like a ten-minute song. <laughs> they just get longer. Uh, anyway, yeah, that line. There's some. It was. It just was so haunting and like seemed so important. And either I'm focusing way too much on it, and it has been explained away in a way that is like simple and it just didn't catch. Or uh, remind
2: listeners of the line specifically. Oh, it, That's what I just said. Yeah,
1: he did. Oh, did you yeah. miss it? Mm-hmm.
0: Why was it, how did I miss you're it? not paying enough attention to the podcast <laughs> no it's uh, John went into sleep mode briefly when Bernard and Elsie yeah. are in the hallway leading into the James Dallas chamber she's trying to open up the door and Bernard is trying to stop her but he can't yeah and he says, I'm not even here with you am yeah. I yeah am I right okay so yeah. and and that just feels like a very important <laughs> moment. But sometimes
2: sometimes your words come out so fast and I'm like trying to catch up. <laughs> you're you're not really here with us, are you? No, <laughs> I'm not. I, I guess not. It, it's like I was telling Alex the first episode he had me on. Is like my comprehension for this stuff is terrible. Like we
1: talk pretty rapidly. We do. We, yeah. Our loquaciousness has been remarked on before. That's true. That's and true. I'm,
2: and I'm trying like I'm still trying to like process what you're what you've said as you're saying additional things so i'm not john's
1: like why would you kick your tv if you were excited
2: (laughs) (laughs) well no i sat there for a second i was like oh yeah johnny karate like yeah yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah that line it might not be it might not be important but if it doesn't it feels like something has to be addressed you know yeah unless it's just it's just symptomatic of his slippage but he has he doesn't really have anything to slip back maybe to. Maybe it could have been point. one of the different Bernard
2: versions, you know, like the one that he currently is did not maybe. go through that with her specifically or isn't going through. Or maybe those. it
1: just alludes to him going there with Ford or, um, or a pre- Ford or not Fordor. Um, <laughs> it's like Hodor, <laughs> just a different guy, Fordor. Um, cause we, you know, it kind of seems like more than more people than just William were paying visits to James Delos, or at least we're aware of him. There's at least a team of people. And, like, something. Ford presumably knew all about it and had wandered down there. Because Delos wouldn't know. I mean, yeah. he's, he's in, like, an apartment, basically. He doesn't, can't see anything outside, so. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess William could lock. William is technically kind of the boss. He could, like, say, don't let Ford in here. Like, it's not. Theoretically, yeah. yeah.
0: But I don't know that he would have a need to.
1: Yeah. But. Anyway, I'm, that's one thing I'm really dying to learn more about is the Ford William relationship. Yeah. that's the re- that's the num- the number one reason William can't die yet. Yeah. We, we need <laughs> we need to know. Yeah, as the great Tom Petty said, <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> um. Yeah, so
0: I think it's crazy the idea that it took the Cradle years to perfect Bernard. I'm not crazy, but I think it's interesting and I think it's cool, especially considering how time would potentially move differently there and how powerful of a supercomputer it must be if you have hundreds of host processors hooked up essentially, like it must have some serious computing power beyond the yeah. likes of Watson and whatever else we have around today
2: yeah but this is also where this is where ford explained why he's able to have the consciousness he has and be stable in a body as opposed to delos and ford like why ford can't go into a body on his own right yeah that was this scene yeah yeah because they mentioned like we didn't have we didn't have your consciousness so we had to rebuild it based off of what we knew and that like presumably presumably would take significantly longer than just like copying a consciousness like That's they're they're true. building bits out of bits and pieces of like memories that uh dolores had with him or whatever you know like they're prodding dolores's brain to pick out her memories of bernard or arnold and uh you know who knows what they prodded and poked and prodded out of ford's own brain to like figure out who bernard, bernard was or arnold god i keep i'm doing it now you did it yeah it's ah,
1: just that's true comes with the Bernard. No, was, that's that's absolutely true. Like that totally makes sense. And that's why Bernard is unique and able to survive in the real world. Right. Because he is because
2: he's not a copied consciousness. Yeah. He was a he was a he built was, one just, built just like down. all of the other hosts yeah, are built true. consciousnesses. Yeah. Like, so I that's that's like you know for lack of a better phrase like mind-blowing to me like yeah, that, yeah. that's just awesome that idea he's it's,
1: kind of the crossover he's like part Arnold right part Bernard and yeah is able to he is this. a
2: creation based off of a previous version so to speak and, and is in is, is, doing so
1: populated with that person's memories. is
2: functional you know yeah it's it's just super cool
0: yeah and I guess that's kind of one of the things that I was wondering of like is it not so much that they're copying the entire consciousness in the form of memories from these people but just like how they would act and like what does that make them when they're made like was Delos just programmed to act like Delos but not actually who he was which is gets at the bigger question of it all anyway like sure. was it actually Delos that was in the copies but mm-hmm. I don't know it's too big for me to think about.
1: I think it's so cool. It is very cool. It's terrifying to think about, though. Um, even ugh. even just Bernard's crisis in this episode, I was watching and I was like, this is really stressing me out. Well,
0: no, and I was about to say, the as the blinds go down in that beautiful Frank Lloyd, Light, Frank Lloyd Wright house mm. and Anthony Hopkins goes Hannibal Lecter mode, as I saw on Reddit... <laughs> uh, that shit was Still terrifying. Like, that was really like, oh,
1: God. I was just scared for Bernard. Yep. <sighs> I loved, just to rewind again, Ford once again getting to snap his fingers and freeze everything reminded yes. me of his conversation with Teresa yep. in the restaurant. And I was like, so cool. Absolutely. Yeah, Ford's great. Even if he is kind of a villain, but he's also kind of not because he kind of wants the host to succeed. It's still unclear. I don't
0: know what he wants yeah, anymore. Yeah.
1: It's unclear if he he at least wants them to have a chance it seems like. And yeah. he still apparently doesn't feel like they've got quite the level playing well, I think field.
2: he's he's just doing um he's giving them the choice, you know? Like it's it's just it's it kind of parallels with like Maeve and uh and Dolores like having this like you know, you're we're giving you the option of choosing your own path at this point. And so he's giving
1: that to them. Like he's Kind of, but he's also taking it from Bernard when convenient. He's giving him his choice, which is interesting. He's
0: taking it from Bernard to, like, put his thumb on the scale still.
1: The kind of, like. I uh, think he wants Westworld to go down. Like, Westworld will need to be liberated before he can consider it. Now you have a fighting chance. Like, okay, you have an island nation or whatever that is yours, and now you need to decide what to do with it. He needs
0: to cripple Delos, Delos's hold on the island (laughs) before they have their ability
1: to. Yeah, and I think he needs to give them that moral and psychological victory of we've we've thrown off the chains of our captors basically and like this this land and all of this is now ours and nobody directly owns us and now it's just us versus the human race kind of thing yeah and then it will be up to them to choose do we want to coexist do we want to overthrow them or can we overthrow them
0: there's a lot about shackles
1: from Dolores in this episode so yeah. that makes that makes a lot of sense so i could so. see ford wanting to Wanting to do that, but I think he also wants to just smite Delos. I yeah. mean,
2: maybe he just knows that Delos has already like th- they're they're further along in the path of securing things, and he wants them to be, you know, and so he feels he needs
0: to kind of interject. It was a it was his fail safe. Yeah, his to uploading the process. Yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah, so now I mean, here's the thing you just brought up that I hadn't really considered when I watched it, but so Ford puts himself in Bernard basically. Yeah, and he's <laughs> he's uploaded and he's no longer in the cradle then correct yeah, so he's only so he probably he doesn't have the influence that he did
0: lc remarks that um that the cradle is cleared up that it like and the and the cradle says that the system rebooted as soon as bernard's Pearl gets
1: removed essentially. Right. And then so did that the hacker upstairs or whatever said yes. the same thing. It's like the system debugged itself. Was Ford's presence causing a problem, or was he intentionally causing a problem? I think to Ford draw Bernard and them there.
0: I think Ford was I guess that's a great yeah, I question. Didn't, I didn't think about it that I way. I think it could be both of
1: those. I think it could be I both of those. I think he could lie things. undetected and not cause I a, mean, that would explain a, why a they, they kept Elsie around is because
2: she knew like they need to go to the cradle to like figure things out maybe. And then once they're in the cradle, like things would come, you know, calling back to Bernard that he would put himself in the cradle. That
1: makes a lot of sense. Cause Ford is, is definitely proven himself to be like the master yeah. chess player. And he's even says, he's like, I didn't tell Dolores to do anything. I knew what she would do. Yeah. And like, he will know that if he removes Elsie's keeps her safe long enough to bring Bernard to the cradle and help him there. After that, her work is done. Yeah. But she's the only one they have the rapport she has the knowledge base. Like if he put stubs there, stubs would be like, "Which one's the door?" Right. He wouldn't understand <laughs> what to do. So, <clears throat> yeah, I man, I dig Ford. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, dude's a baller. Not Ford Brody, the protagonist of Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> God, I forgot that was his name. Oh my God. Oh.
0: All right. Um. Next up. Stubbs wants to flee, but Hale still won't give in since the key in Abernathy's head is, quote, a failsafe on a failsafe, A decryption key needed only in the unlikely event of a total catastrophic incident. Dolores finds her father with Hale and Stubbs, and she wants to know how to get the key out of her father's head. That line is real interesting because Stubbs remarks that, he's like, oh, you mean like now? Like mm-hmm. this is the, the catastrophic incident? But there are people on the internet and myself kind of wondering, like, did was Delos selling people not only a vacation, but the idea that they would live on in the event of, like, a nuclear holocaust or something like that? And, like, once, once something crazy happened to humanity, then they could go and unlock the valley beyond and populate the world with these human copy hosts like it it the the line feels very peculiar to me i realize that's a stretch maybe but what did what did you guys think about that did you think about that at
2: all i didn't think about what you just said but in you saying it now it makes me think like what else is going what's going on outside of westworld like what is happening right now like outside of the world, that's making like this is so important, right? Not just to save it in general. I'm sure they wanted to save it in general, but Hale was there to get this, anyways. Like, wasn't she?
0: Yeah, she was there to get it anyway because they were gonna fire Ford, and they didn't want Ford to do this to and, destroy like, it, jeopardize their data.
1: Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mission failed. Boom, Ford Boom. saw it coming.
1: <laughs> mission failed. Mission over. Yeah. yeah, out of bounds. New game plus. <laughs> uh. That seems like a, as you said, like a stretch to me because they, so far we've always been told the guests are they go there for an escape and they don't know they're being monitored and they don't know their DNA is being collected. So unless, unless that's Delos board knowing that and they're saying we need to extract it because we will be able to sell this to people like oh, the hosts are breaking free and controlling the world and it's imminent disaster. All your money, please, and you can be inside one of these bodies. Hmm. But then what good is that? And also, why are you counting on hosts eventually overthrowing everything? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then you would think that this wouldn't even be necessary because you would be able to stop it. What if it was like at the
0: end of a roller coaster, you get that picture you know like where it takes a picture on it at the end of your stay in Westworld, you're like walking through the the train terminal and they're like oh take a look at this and it's a full copy of yourself acting like you in front of you
1: i, mean, I definitely do you want to become this i could have seen something like that by well now. but
0: that i mean would that be their their end game essentially would Maybe. that be what delos Maybe. is working towards once they figure out the cognitive plateau situation essentially <laughs> The comparison
1: there is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it's I mean, that's you said fucking it, terrifying. All I can think of is the picture of the rock on Splash Mountain <laughs> where he takes up like the whole car by himself. Yeah. It's so good. Absolutely. If you're listening and you haven't seen that, Google it just rock Splash Mountain. It's so funny. I've got
0: a really good one from the top thrill at Cedar Point of Nicole just horrified on the way up and then completely relieved on the way down. That's and good. And it's so good. And what's your expression? I'm just enthused the entire time because that's my favorite one same there. face yeah
1: just in both
0: yep but that's uh a,
1: that's an awesome comparison
0: i it, it just it feels like that line means something more like i, I the fact that Stubbs is like you mean now and she's just like completely non
1: i think maybe it's non- also to just it. because for once she doesn't have a clever retort because yes like now the world is melting around her. exactly yeah like and even That's Dolores, Dolores is kind of like you're you're used to being in control, so this must be frustrating for you. It's it's I think it's yeah. the same thing that she's got, you know, security lackey questioning her, and he's right, and she's like mm. also. Why didn't she just yank the thing out of his head to begin with and already get on a chopper and get the? That's hell what out I of said Dodge. last
0: week when they when they stapled him to the chair. Is I it less
1: like, safe? Is it safer to try to extract it? Well, is it like is it like force ejecting something yeah, from like a computer? Like pulling <laughs> pulling a thumb
2: drive without
0: ejecting it properly. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, they, need to, they need to use the extractor helmet to safely eject the hardware. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Safely, remo- well, safely remove Abernathy.
0: Uh, Mr. Costa does remark that he doesn't want to remove the natives' control unit in the field because it's not sterile or something of that nature. So I, that maybe, could be the case. Maybe
1: this ridiculous analogy is somewhat on the mark. That yeah. it's, it's better to extract it the right way. and in like, cause even say the guy who's going to do it. He's like, yeah, it's it's a lot to. To offload or whatever, it's gonna take a while. Yeah. Maybe that is a safer way to do it is just port it all over to a different device and then upload from there. Maybe they were planning on uploading on site. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and then I don't know. But it seems like as soon as the explosion happened, I would have been like, yeah, get that out of his head and let's get out of here. Yeah. Hale's not necessarily the best at this.
2: Yeah. I did like seeing her kind of like, you know, be afraid on the, on the defensive get, get put, put it would yeah. get, get her comeuppance you know it was kind of nice to see her put in her place like that i, I like i dug that because she i don't like her at i all. was
0: gonna ask nick because i know that you didn't you haven't enjoyed her performance since season one either. her
1: performance is better she makes more sense now i yeah. think that everything in the fir- in her introduction felt really forced and yeah. i was like this is just yeah. goofy writing and it's funny, every time I see the writing for the show criticized, someone responds with, You try writing three hundred stories in a month or something like that. <laughs> Sizemore's line. Um Yeah, I didn't I just didn't think she really got there in season one in a way that made sense to me, but this feels her personality makes more sense in this context. Yeah. Like she's sort of supposed to be this damage control person, and in season one we weren't there yet. Yeah. Uh and now we're in a damage control scenario. But I do think there are other characters like Strand seems to have and even more, a personality even more geared towards that. Yeah. But all of these characters are so, like, sure of themselves that it's ultimately going to be their downfall, I'm sure. They're yeah. all so certain that they're right. Like Coughlin in this episode. These people are all, they can't even seem to think about the possibility that maybe things won't go their way. Mm-hmm. Which is a dangerous habit in a contingency plan person. You think that they would need to be aware of all possibilities, yeah. you know, or like as many that are as likely. So it's It's frustrating to watch. I mean, it's fine because I can sort of consider them the villains, so it's like fine. But at the same time, it's frustrating to be like, man, these people are supposed to be like the best. The best of the best. Yes, and they're idiots.
0: I, uh, You made me think about the fact that Strand told Malling when she finds Abernathy to bring him to Strand. Mm-hmm. And... That's making me wonder if, like, once the humans get to the valley beyond and they have it there, whether or not they're just going to destroy themselves without any real intervention by the hosts, anyway. Like, is Strand, are Strand and Hale going to fight over it because they want to be the ones to bring the? That's true too. Bring the paper to Dad. A bit of a power
1: struggle. Yeah. Also, I think it's another common personality trait, probably, to be like, "I need to do it myself." Like, I can't trust someone else to do yeah, the job. But true. Hale has failed. So by by the time Strand comes in, she had she did not she had She's it lost she it. had it in her hands and it slipped through her fingers. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. All right. Um, there is a an,
0: an awesome. I'm going to make it the picture for this episode, but when. Uh Dolores is looking at her father. The ring of lighting that is behind her reflected in the window makes it look like there 's a halo above her head, which I thought was very interesting mm. and and you know and, and in a little in a little way she 's kind of like the angel of death as well in the situation for her father at That's least true. but I just thought that was cool
1: i I would just put forth a vote for p ninety Ford for the uh I, it's a spoiler though. yeah that's that's the main problem with it
0: like i'm, I'm totally there with you <laughs> like i was ready to make ford the picture last week but then i was like i don't want anybody that's, to know that's good yeah. that's
1: that's nice of you yeah
0: so we're considerate here uh, yeah on Westworld, world fm uh, some of us yeah <laughs> all right next up coughlin heads down to the lower levels to prevent dolores from taking her father Bernard sends Elsie away on Ford's orders, and we see Clementine go down fighting in the, by the extraction team, uh, or fighting the extraction team. Angela gets shot and flees with a purpose to the cradle. The second in command of the extraction team follows her there and seduces her to use his grenades to blow up the cradle. Dolores explains that she knows what Della's secret, secret project is, and it's to make the humans like make humans into hosts. And she explains the cradle backups of hosts aren't an advantage, just another shackle that Delos has placed on them. Uh, Rest in peace, Angela, but your death was probably the most infuriating scene of the season to me. Yeah. It's just so stupid. Yeah, it seemed really out of place and dumb. Like the fact that this dude who just is seeing his team get slaughtered is then going to go and be like, I'm going to bang you real quick before I put you down. <laughs> like, ugh. It's disappointing. Like that, this to me was worse than any of the Felix and Sylvester stuff in season one yeah. in terms was, of logic
1: leap. This felt like it was not a scene from Westworld. Yeah. This was pretty poor. Yeah. You try writing 300 stories in one way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, and it sucked from her point of view too because what's your plan here? You have been tasked with bringing down the cradle. The linchpin of this entire effort, and you're just going to stand there and kind of think about it while this guy, like... Yeah. Yeah. Not good on either of them. I just... Yeah, I, I didn't understand,
2: like, if I were that dude, you're taking her out the second you have a shot. For sure. And he just hesitated for whatever reason and had to, like, talk, you know, talk to her the whole time. Like, it just made no sense. It this, made,
1: this was the only time the show has devolved into stereotypes. It felt just out of place. It just felt like a cheesy movie. Yeah. yeah.
0: He essentially just lost all of the host backups, the entire entire cradle because he didn't kill her when it's, as soon as he saw her, essentially. Right. And that, you know, the best of the best, as Nick was saying. Like, this dude is not the best of the best. This is not smart, smart people doing smart things. No,
1: which is frustrating. Yeah. And, and it's funny because Ford probably holds these people in very low regard. I'm sure he thinks, like, Delos is too stupid to Take necessary action and to actually counter him effectively. And he's right. Yeah. 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 Because you know, if it had been like Coughlin down there personally, he would have handled it. Oh yeah, Coughlin for sure. Like, yeah. Sorry. You look good. See you later.
0: <laughs> like he would have shot in them, like what a waste or something like that. But this is like
1: a how it should have ended. Yeah. Like those videos. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But anyway, uh, yeah, she is. She must be the first real death of the show. Like, we won't see her after this. I don't think might. Cl- ab- I don't
1: think Clementine's coming back either.
0: Clementine, she oh. didn't get shot in the head, did she?
1: But the backups are gone.
0: The backups are gone, but her control unit's still intact.
1: Mm, I guess that's true. And she's basically a zombie, anyways. So. Well, yeah, that's, that's true. true. But yeah, that's true. She might come back. So yeah, Angela is toast, and. and- Everyone we see getting executed and two weeks later, I guess, maybe is done.
0: Anybody shot in the head, potentially, yeah.
1: Does that mean Rebus is gone?
0: Rebus could be gone. I don't Uh, think he gets shot in the head, though. I don't think they actually get executed. They just, well, executed in the sense of, like, shot in the head. They just put put the bodies down. Yes. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, that's interesting to me that. We are now going to see the real consequence. It seems like Abernathy's probably done too. Like, yeah. his head is so messed up, and they don't have a backup anywhere. Poor guy. Yeah, but Lewis
1: Hartham so awesome for sure.
0: So good. Sad to see him go. Um. Yeah, Dolores, knowing that, knowing what Delos' secret project is, I think is interesting. She, yeah, she. I mean, we know that she's been listening over the past 30 years to everything that's been going on she was there when William was talking about it with James Delos but to kind of have her come out and say it and be the one to like reveal it to Stubbs essentially I think is
1: interesting that's true and to put the fear into Hale as well by saying like I know what you're doing yeah I know what you're doing and, and I'm gonna stop that exact thing
0: Hale kind of being like You wouldn't know what you're doing what to even do with it and then Dolores just being like, I know exactly what I want to do with it. Like I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Um But yeah, I don't know. The the and we we talked earlier about Ford wanting to remove Dallas's control of them. Like I'm very torn on the backup situation. The idea that, like, she wouldn't see it as an advantage and would instead see it as another way for them to control her. Like, I guess it's just an external piece of leverage that she doesn't want to have to worry about. Well, because, I mean,
2: Ford was controlling some of the park through the cradle, too, right? Yeah. So what's stopping the you know quality assurance or the, the special teams coming in from using the cradle to their advantage as well? That's true. you know. Yeah.
1: Maybe she must also remember using it as the testing chamber for Bernard. Yeah, like she knows what it's capable of. That it can run these incredible simulations that don't even have to do with the park necessarily. Right. You know, anything is possible in there.
2: Beyond just having backups of the host, like its potential is significantly more than
0: just that. It just seems like me that it would, it seems to me that they would benefit from the ability to you're, like, you're not wrong the whole purpose like the idea that humans want to become hosts because hosts can live forever like this now removes that not completely but it now makes it more difficult for that to be a reality even for the hosts themselves no, I, I
1: think it's there are definitely advantages to hanging on to it but the thing is how you can't you can't take the, cr- like the cradle seems like it's inherent to the structure. Yeah. So you can't like put it in your pocket.
0: They, they wouldn't
1: be able to just kind of like keep
0: it in one thing.
1: Right. It's not a bargaining chip or anything. Yeah. It's just you either have to stay there and defend it, which the w- world will throw, Delos will throw everything they can at it to yeah. try to get it back and, or, or destroy it and yeah. remove it from the equation. So I, I guess I get the tactical decision from like a military perspective. That's certainly what the United States Army would probably do. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying it.
0: This is what we want. Let's actually go get in this it.
1: equation, they would not be the uh, the hosts. That's for sure. They would be Delos. So yeah, it's an interesting choice, and ultimately the one that's definitely going to be more uh, thematically interesting to watch unfold as as the show progresses.
0: All right, next up. With the cradle blown up, Dolores goes to kill Hale, but the extraction team pulls Teddy away from her and gives Stubbs a chance to escape with Hale. As Teddy is dismantling the team and brutally destroys Coughlin, Dolores says goodbye to her father and works to remove his control unit. Um, yeah, Grizzly is in full force here.
2: Yeah, I, oh man, watching Teddy just... Beat the crap out of Coughlin.
0: Once. Well, even like the, the, like, he takes out like seven guys pretty much yeah. on his own with the guns and then dropping the guns and just fighting Coughlin. Like the, the insane, repetitious mechanical.
1: The punching? Percussion yeah. of his, yeah. of his punching yeah. is
0: just so horrifying and, and interesting to watch. It was awesome.
1: Yeah. Terminator 2, Teddy. Yeah. Or T2, or Ted2, <laughs> Teddy2, T2, super T2, is, uh, is just insane. Mm-hmm. Like James Marsden, is, he's like a different character. It's crazy. Even to where Maeve could just look at him and be like, yeah, whatever you did to him. Absolutely. Is, uh, it, there might be some data transfer there as well where Maeve can understand what happened. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's nuts. And uh, it, I did, you know, I did admire that too. I remember thinking that the shot from behind of him punching, yeah. the force of it and exa- how it measured it was, I remember thinking like, this is really cool. That, like the
0: act measured and rhythmic mm-hmm. and
1: yeah and just emotionless
0: for sure very cold and calculated
1: mm-hmm. yeah because i feel like when things like that happen in other movies when char- when characters get into these like killing frenzies it's an usually accompanied by some sort of outburst or like it gets faster as they just get more crazed yeah the the rhythmic thing or is their face changes but it was just like it was just c- surgical like okay i just gotta kill him Oh, he's dead now? Okay. Mission complete. I'm done, yeah. And the Turn way he around. just... And the shot of him walking away and picking up the gun, I was like... Whoa. Yeah. The
0: uh,
2: the rhythmic thing was cool, It and it, it kind of echoes uh, one of the scenes in Detroit Become Human, actually, like when the when one of the androids is losing its composure and starts rhythmic rhythmically uh, smacking its head on the table did you get that scene alex no i didn't oh okay <laughs> actually but that's interesting yeah so it was uh it was an interrogation scene with connor mm-hmm. and uh, one of the deviant androids ends up kind of lose as it's losing its mind its defense mechanism is to destroy itself yeah as we know in the story uh, uh, this is no spoiler by any means but in my playthrough this particular android Uh, Continuously started bashing its head against the table. Yeah. Until it was able to actually, uh, one of the guards steps in and like releases it from its chains and it grabs the guard's gun and kills itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just uh, I didn't think about that just until until right now. Like literally that parallel of again, but Detroit becoming human in uh, in uh, Westworld. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have a thing about Abernathy that I want to come back to at the end. What did you guys think of Dolores's goodbye? And their kind of moment together i'm so sorry Delores. i, I tr- tried to take care of you but but i i
1: whatever became of that fearsome new dwell
3: vanished the day i became your father i am who i am because of you and i wouldn't have it any other way Ready, Daddy. I love you, baby girl. I love you too.
0: It's touching. His acceptance of it was very interesting to me. Like, he just wants to be put out of his misery.
1: I don't know why Dolores always makes me question what what is real and what isn't, and Maeve doesn't. That's I think that's interesting f- just for me personally to think that with Maeve, I believe it's genuine emotion. And with Dolores, I think, like, is it real, though? Do you really love... Do you you consider this your dad? Yeah. And he considers you his daughter. I understand why he does, because he doesn't He's necessarily not. know the truth yet. Yeah. But with her it's funny because i wonder like why why are you carrying through with this you know what i mean it, it well that's the thing to me is she that, even like she even like talks down to mave yeah later about like her daughter
0: but the moments of her like actually showing emotion for me are what feels the realest to me for some reason it's not the the cold calculating cult leader dolores that I've grown somewhat tired of that feels genuine. It is the moments with her father to me. Well, oh, that cause feels that's the most relatable to you I as an actual
2: human true. is the actual emotion that's conveyed and the feelings that she may
0: or may not actually be having. Like you as a human are actually able to relate to those. So I guess I'm not going to be a cult leader anytime soon. So that's good. Yeah.
1: Bad news for the network. No, <laughs> 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 oh, uh, I, I see what you're saying. I I'm, I don't dispute that. I just, I get what you're saying. too. Yeah, I call into question why she bothers. Like, is it just that she can't help it because she does genuinely feel these feelings despite her knowing better? Like, okay, I know that this is a fabricated relationship, but I still consider this person my father.
2: I mean, it could just be her going in and out of her loop, still like not necessarily having full control. Or maybe yet. she
1: is at the point now where she can she can actually feel genuine emotion. Like, maybe it's. I mean, hypothetically, if she, if he was her father for 30 years in the park she has th- sh- all of her memories are unlocked so maybe she has for her that context now. it is a wave of genuine um, genuine emotion made up of nostalgia yeah. and uh good times like if she thought they were genuine good times at least for her i don't know maybe it is the
0: to me what she says to Maeve felt like a lesson that she learned there
1: yeah, it's true and that's what I'm saying maybe despite the fact that she knows that this is this is not real she still allows herself to feel it for a, for a second. Yeah. yeah. And maybe she also pities him. Maybe she does feel bad for him because he can't she make can, it she to the valley beyond. She considers her uh, yeah, that and she considers herself alive or like unlocked so maybe she's like he won't get there and that's sad for him. That's he, fair. He's going to die essentially still a computation.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Interesting.
1: Uh, all right, Ford guides Bernard to the
0: control room to destroy the equipment the extraction team brought in to take control of the park in order to ensure Dolores has free reign. Sizemore pulls up to the Mesa, but the QA team abandons him and Maeve as they hear the control room has been breached. Uh, more great Anthony Hopkins.
1: Yeah, is this the moment in the hallway where it like transitioned from his reflection to him actually being there? Yes oh that was so awesome
0: yeah that was the best actually that was previously that but was when he ditches Elsie.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah oh my god that was the coolest that's yes.
2: I, I meant to bring that up too that that to me that whole scene of him like you know I, let me take control for a moment here because i know you can't handle this yeah was super cool and the whole scene reminded me of metal gear solid with uh psycho mantis kind of taking control of the second controller and picking your brain and, the, and yeah, yeah like i just, it was very it was a very cool moment um to have him be like i know you can't handle doing this so let me do it for you and then he kills the lights and then you get to see this brutal anthony hopkins with a p90 <laughs> just fucking <laughs> mowing down that
1: dude like oh yeah absolutely so good um i wish he had had two of them like bernard is holding oh one God, was, hopkins. he's got two, got two. <laughs> <laughs> cheat code
0: yeah god mode uh yeah there's a beautiful shot of anthony hopkins leaning against the red reflective walls yes and you see it start to distort and his nose start to grow in the reflection there's all kinds of reflections all over this Mm -hmm. entire series but the like as he's talking about the story of alexandria the library in alexandria being burned his like you see you see his nose start to grow in in the reflection i which didn't catch that somebody on reddit called it his pinocchio moment which yes. i was like wow that's like it's not like he's necessarily lying there but i don't know the whole analogy that analogy to me felt like kind of a dual purpose in that the burning of the park is the start of a new story but also potentially like the burning of humanity is the beginning of another story as well
1: it's true yeah and that just because ten thousand stories were lost like that might just be necessary in his mind and i like that he at the end of the day equates everything to a story it's all it's all about a story and that's all that really matters is like
0: the master storyteller taking
1: that away yeah
0: for sure um yeah and it seems like he tries to like will bernard or like not will him, but let him arrive at the decision to destroy the equipment that's controlling the park, but I don't know what to trust or believe there like it seems like like that is something that Bernard chooses to do, but he doesn't choose to pick up the the machine gun later. I don't really yeah I, I think this was
1: a deliberate choice on Bernard's part. He okay. definitely seems to want to, to take take a pause and then go, you know what like because he's not human. So I think ultimately he's going to be like, you know what, what what do I owe? Let's help our team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The whole sequence, all of the action unfolding around them and in the background was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Still no bear. That's what I was just going to say. There is and still we,
0: not a bear we, in the control room. We don't
1: know where the bear has come from yet. <laughs> yes. The source of bear. My is biggest question in this season is where is bear? What is
0: that bear? How is bear? What is bear? Where is bear? It's actually one of the Bernard copies. who's a bear. <laughs> you
1: know, one of the earliest ones. Ford was like, "We will yeah. just make the whole park animals." <laughs> I was just thinking of, illustration it's a, it's, of the illustration it's of it's
0: Bernard. <laughs> I was thinking of the illustration of like man evolving and standing up, yes. and it starts with a bear and it becomes Bernard, Bernard. at the end of it, <laughs> or bear, a bear, bear standing bear. on two legs. You know, well, that's true. Yeah.
1: Maybe he was just practicing for zoo world. the final evolution of Bernard is a bear. Yes. Zootopia world. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. uh, Sizemore hides as Dolores makes it to the garage. Dolores sees Maeve and almost kills Maeve, so she can't be used against them. But Dolores backs down after Maeve says that she made a promise to her daughter, telling Maeve that she is uh, free to choose her own path. Um... Yeah, so Dolores' line is the kin they gave us is just another rope they used to lash us down. Coming back to the shackles, of course. Mm-hmm. And I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier in regards to Dolores and Teddy's relationship and her kind of realizing that her love for him is more of a burden or a problem than an actual like advantage or something that she wanted to feel. The idea that she's kind of aware of the fact that the family that the fam the familial ties they feel are not they were they were programmed into them and not something that they actually feel, as we have discussed. I think it's just it seems like they're kind of nailing that theme home a bit. And with good reason, at least. Um And Dolores saying you're free to choose your own path, I'm sorry, this is where it ends. Like did you think that was her taking her first encounter with Maeve this season to heart and kind of being like, I said I would let you be free, so I'm not going to kill you here. What was the line
2: that she that Dolores says to her about the woman I know? Do you have that? Uh, I do. She
0: said, how did you get here? How did you get here? The woman I know would have done anything to survive. Yeah. And then Maeve mentions they have my daughter and she's still out there or something of that sort. And then that's when... Dolores says, "The kin they gave us is just another rope they used to lash us down." So, yeah, I just like that line. No, yeah,
1: it's good. I think Dolores kind of partially thinks she's a goner; she's just gonna bleed out and die. There, she's writing her off. Yeah, I think she's kind of like it's too bad it ends here. Thinking like, okay, I'm not. I won't shoot you right now, but you're gonna. Th- if they catch you, they're just gonna tear yeah. you, tear you apart. Pick your brain. They're gonna de-res you. As another mm. great world build world would prescribe. Yeah. Uh yeah. Which I think is a classic like supervillain thing to do. Just yeah. walk away and be like I'm I don't just have gonna to leave kill you, you there.
0: Or I, I don't have to I don't have to help you but I don't have to uh, what I what Batman the, begins yeah, I don't I'm have sorry. to save you either. I just yeah.
1: butchered that so bad. Good try. <laughs> I was thinking more of like Austin Powers when he's like, I'm just gonna <laughs> lower the door and not watch you die and <laughs> give you all this time to escape kind of thing. Yeah. Much more apt comparison. Thank you. Um, yeah, don't don't misquote Batman <laughs> again. or miscontextualize Batman again. I don't do that. Dolores leaves
0: this scene to go get their horses, but why in the hell aren't they taking the QA cars? I don't think they
1: know how to drive. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was my <laughs> car. That's, so somebody asked that in the quick I really questions <laughs> <laughs> thread.
0: Go go ahead. Somebody asked that on the quick questions thread, and I responded. I was like, I don't. I maybe they don't know how to drive, and I mean, obviously they'd be able to learn it, but.
1: I was really hoping that like and just like in my mind it made me laugh and maybe that's that's all it's worth but I was like the shot of Dolores riding was like really violent the way it was shot was like really aggressive and cool it was like and she had this look on her face that was like pretty crazed I was like this is like scary like usually she looks like majestic or like just gorgeous when she's riding a horse but this was like scary Mm. but I was really hoping in the wide shot that, like, a car would pull in the foreground with Teddy just driving it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just got a machine gun in the other hand, and he's one hand on the wheel. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: yeah. I just want to see Teddy in one of those, like, bursting through boulders, <laughs> like, just completely ramming them, and they explode. Yeah, or he's trying
1: to get in one and just, like, reverses and crashes and can't back figure to, it out. Back to Austin, Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, Teddy's just stuck in the hallway. <laughs>
0: Oh beautiful. No, so I good. mean the
1: the more likely is that we'll see Teddy standing on a horse like holding the reins like that. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> For sure. All it's right.
1: Two horses, one foot on each saddle.
0: The next scene is only one sentence because I wanted to pause and revel in it. Ford possesses slash convinces Arnold to slaughter a few QA people with the P ninety in the hallway in some of the most awesome shots of the series. Yes. It's just too good. Using the muzzle flash, essentially to like quickly light just a sliver of of Anthony Hopkins standing in the darkness, destroying people is if this if this series exists for nothing else, it gave us that shot. And it gave us Anthony Hopkins holding a gun, which <laughs> I don't know if
1: I've ever seen before, <laughs> not necessarily celebrating gun violence, but there's something spectacular about Sir Anthony Hopkins holding a futuristic p ninety
0: yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean it. It's a good trick. I feel like we're starting to see it more now. The idea of using muzzle flash to like light a scene. Yeah, but it looks it looks cool. The the it's elevated in this series by cutting between the two of them. Yes, and keeping it so precise in terms of the framing. But the the implication of him just taking over Bernard and just being like, "It's for your own good. Like you you won't have to decide. I'll just do it. And, yeah, and, and then you don't have to worry about it. But like, is that any better? You know."
0: It's sending Bernard deeper into this hole of like oh, not only is he having issues learning he's a host but also and realizing that his job was like a hoax but then he's also kind of like got to deal with the moral implications. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick looked like he was going to say something. I was and then, but
1: I had to take an extra second to think, it, to think it through. So I I didn't even consider this while I was watching it but or immediately after watching it until, I think it's just, until just now, but is it safe to assume then that in the, all the two weeks later, Ford is in the driver's seat? We don't know. And there's a reason why Bernard is acting funky. And it's because Ford is riding shotgun or is has taken control. I'm,
0: I mean, that's, it's just not something that we know for sure. And I, we'll talk about it a little bit more after this next scene, but what I'm envisioning in my mind is Is Ford and Bernard like duking it out in in Bernard's brain as he's debugging himself, trying to rid himself of Ford? But wow, and that and that's why Bernard has been so despondent and non-reactive because he's these
1: dueling minds vying for control. Yeah, interesting.
0: Any final thoughts on Anthony Hopkins with P ninety?
1: It's pretty good. Yeah, I think I'm gonna get a canvas print of it. For sure. <laughs> Hanging in my living room.
0: Alright. Uh Bernard slips through time once again, back to an interrogation room with Hale. Mr. Costa stands by with Strand and they note the heavy fragmentation have they note the heavy fragmentation of Bernard's brain where he's trying to debug himself. Hale wants to know where Abernathy's control unit is, and Bernard flashes back to pulling a control unit out of a receptacle. We see him mouth the words sector sixteen zone four. He then replies once again when Hale asks him with people in the room. And Strand remarks that they will have to return to the Valley Beyond because that is where Sector 16 Zone 4 is. Hmm. So we've seen the Valley Beyond. Apparently. We've been there already. It's where all the hosts were dead in the water. And now we know that for pretty much, for for certainty, pretty much like
1: the so the big showdown is going to happen at the valley beyond or s- the big trap that's waiting to be
0: yes to be sprung, sprung on a- them like it's we it doesn't really tell us a whole lot we don't really know exactly what it means but that seems to be where everyone is headed and that makes sense because we know that most of the hosts were lying there dead in the so, water so they
1: were already there yeah and they already like were there and it was there supposedly like they got to feel kind of dumb well supposedly while they're doing this i guess Molling should be out there still like trying to drain the valley right just pick up the phone and go yo yeah we found it abernathy's pearl is or what is it a control unit yeah, chestnut. Same thing. chestnut look around she like, looks down it's like right there oh yeah this one <laughs> I get that I, they She look, pulls they, it out, and then the
0: whole valley drains in that one hole
1: that's in the ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the bodies somehow fit in there. Uh, Hale just looks so pleased with herself. And I'm like, yeah, but you were already, like, it may have eluded you again because you were there. You, you were know there what I mean? Like, you Y'all seem so, anything. good work, team. Let's go back to where we were already. Like, it's just kind of like, why isn't anybody like, oh, like, there needs to be like an obnoxious character to walk in you guys were already there and you, like Wallace <laughs> Shawn or something walks in, you had it in your hands and you didn't get it.
0: <sighs> yeah, well, and I guess here's the thing, is that uh, some people are theorizing that Ford is in there lying to them or directing them oh, that, to that'd this Oh, that'd be place. so much
1: more satisfying. if He's for, sending them back.
0: For the reason, to kill them or
1: do something. But I do like that Bernard shakes himself out of analysis mode. That's kind of cool nobody pays attention to that like he's in there and then he's
0: and he's, that that could potentially be another idea is that like Ford he has can't
1: actually be in an analysis he can't go mode. into
0: analysis mode yeah. because Ford has like given him protections against it that's kind of what I was thinking
1: I was like how did Bernard get back to this I really like the idea of Ford just being in there yeah and just it reminds me of I know you haven't read the Dark Tower books but in the second Dark Tower book which is my favorite I saw the movie though well it doesn't count <laughs> this uh This does not, none of the stuff in the second book is actually, it's the only one that really doesn't get touched. Thankfully, it's my favorite of the books, but uh, the protagonist is able to uh, eventually in the book, he kind of comes into the real world, but he is like in people's heads and he's able to come forward as how he describes it and take control of Mm -hmm. them and like speak through them and like perform actions through them. Quantum leap yes and then he's able to also like sit back and let them resume control but he's still there he's like watching and he can communicate with them he can talk to them while he's in there and say like okay now turn left here and walk there like he can kind of tell them and just guide them through situations but i won't say anything more than that but it's such an incredible book yeah. you should get it on audible or and whatever. that
0: is ford and bernard yeah potentially. which is
1: really fun. i keep wanting to make compare i keep wanting to use the the terminology from that book in, uh, in this situation but i realize that it'll be lost yeah so you, I know you've read them. If you're listening <laughs> to this show, does you listen to this show too? He does. I don't know if he does it as it airs or not. Hey, you. I know that he has listened to Westworld. Love Africa you, buddy.
0: Before uh, any other thoughts, real quick, before I get to my like brief, not theory, but just kind of like observation.
1: Uh, no, I let's don't hear. Think so.
0: so, last week I talked about how uh, Abernathy being nailed to the chair is very Jesusy, mm-hmm. and combining that with the idea of the data in his head is a fail safe for potentially allowing humans to become hosts like the humans of the park become hosts. I kind of thought of him as like the second coming of Christ kind of situation of like the people who have come to Westworld for some reason are the ones that get to have their eternal life. Hmm. I just thought it was kind of a, Not that any of We know that any of that is true But the kind of like What I was reasoning out in my head Kind of linked it up together Of like is is, cool He is the 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 second coming of Of Jesus I just thought It's kind of an interesting Little parallel But It is Doesn't have any larger meaning Or anything as of yet But maybe I'll work on it Ford's religion Yeah
1: Ford's Ford's uh, Ford is God Lewis er, Or Abernathy is Jesus Yep Yep interesting
0: yeah so everyone think on that one for a week right in let me know what you think about it
1: if in three days abernathy just sits up <laughs> emerges from his uh oh, without his body a control bag. unit somehow. <laughs> zombie abernathy yes <clears throat> it's Abernathy. this is a really awesome episode it was very good i liked it quite a bit
0: hopkins was uh well missed well not well missed but it's good to have him back. Yes, and yep. uh, you it know. feels
1: like it's been longer than it actually has. When you put the realize it's only been six episodes that he hasn't been on the show, it's yeah. like feels like an eternity, though. Yeah, a lot has happened. Um, I still retain my overall gripe about this season. It hasn't completely dissolved yet. I think season one uh, was so much more compelling in a lot of ways. This one, I feel like we're still just I I don't know. I'm we're sure going
0: through the mo- the the plot machinations more so than
1: yeah. Where we're, we're not really given a lot of... Th- this episode and the Delos episode and the... Was it the previous episode that ended with... I know it ended with him finding Ford and all that. Anyway, those three gave us a lot more to sink our teeth into, but they don't... They haven't pointed us in a clear direction of exactly what the question is. But it, it's it's taking on clearer shape
0: i think the thing that we're still kind of missing is the end game of delos's secret project yes that that i think is what the the biggest it's got the biggest potential for a mind fuck it's got the biggest
1: mind to love make alex yes excuse it. me i'm sorry family show yes
0: <laughs> teddy butt counter up to two please um twice but the teddy butt can we handle it <laughs> it 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 feels like that could be the one of the biggest revelations and i'm interested to see what it really is because we know what it is but we don't know why we don't know their end game we don't know like if it is as simple as we wanted to sell you a copy of yourself or something like that then maybe but it feels like there's more there
1: yep so yeah i think that'll help right now the show still feels kind of like loss and, yeah in that we're being shown a lot and Anthony Hopkins' presence or Ford's presence answers a lot of questions, but at the same time, all it does is raise more. Yes. So yes. it's not a bad thing. It's just a different thing still, mm-hmm. For which, sure. isn't, which in and of itself isn't bad either. I mean, if it was the same season one, it wouldn't be as good. So. For
0: sure. All right. Once again, you can find more episodes of our podcast on Westworld.fm. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. We're Westworld FM on Twitter, and you can email us at WestworldFM at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. The Midwest Podcast Network has several other shows about video games, horror movies, and more. Check out all of our shows at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Our theme music is the song Industrial Cinematic by Kevin McLeod, and it is being used under an Attribution Creative Commons license. That's it for our episode this week. We're excited for the next episode of Westworld, and we'll have another episode of our podcast out after that. But until then, may you rest and have a deep and dreamless slumber.